afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We're happy to have you on board today. And before we do anything, I'm a day late on my congratulatory remarks to the Michigan Wolverines. Congratulations on that national championship, Coach Harbaugh, bringing it home to Michigan. Go blue. Oh, yeah. We're excited about it over here. We are excited about it. You know, I didn't get into it yesterday because I was so distracted by the destruction of our of our national history. Our history is being removed before our very eyes. Quietly. It's just it's just quiet. You know, it's just, you know, this this report comes out. Uh you know, that the the, the National Parks Association that that they want to, uh, you know, they just want to, just want to update one of their parks. That's all. They just want to, just want to make some updates. They just want to reimagine. Let's reimagine what what Welcome Park in Philadelphia could could look like. Well, you know, Welcome Park, uh, you know, sits uh, on the home of uh, where the home once stood of, of William Penn. William Penn, the namesake of the state and the founder of the city of Philadelphia. Um, and we're, we're going to reimagine this park, but, you know, to do so, we've got to take down the, the model house that, you know, that's, that's built there, that's modeled after the original house of William Penn that once actually sat there on the property. Yeah, we've got to take that house down. Oh, you know, and, and the statue of William Penn, that's going to have to come down, too. Are they going to change the name? I mean, it's called Welcome Park, named after the Welcome, which is the ship that Penn sailed on in 1682 when he came to America. Are they going to, you know, rename the park? Are they going to call it, um, you know, Mohican Park, Five Nations Park? You know, are they going to, you know, name it after Indians? Because and they're reimagining and getting rid of any semblance of the. Of of the white colonial man, you know they're going to consult with with several Native American tribes, and and how they might uh, reimagine. Uh, here's here's the quote. Um, they wanted to ex- have an expanded interpretation of the Native American history of Philadelphia. Let's have an expanded interpretation. I'm not sure what that means. Are they making things up? Is this a nice way? And when they use the word expanded, an expanded uh, interpretation, is this a a nice way of of saying, yeah, we're just going to make it up? We're going to make it up because uh, if if they want to include, and which I think that they should, my suggestion to the National Park Service is keep the house, keep the name, Keep the statue of William Penn, but add to it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's not just of Penn. Um, maybe maybe you need a statue of the uh, of Chief Tamanen of the Lenape tribe, who William Penn signed a treaty with. If you missed yesterday's show, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm I'm not going to redo it all again. You can find it in podcast. It is a fantastic a fantastic history class. We go into history class yesterday, and we just we just go after it. In summary, quickly, 
you know, William Penn signed a treaty with the uh, Lenape chief, Chief Taminant, signed it under an elm tree at a spot, at a location which eventually became Philadelphia. That treaty lasted for 70 years. All right, so why don't we why don't we have a statue of Penn and the chief signing a treaty? You know, with with a plaque that commemorates the chief's final message, which um, which is just it's phenomenal. I mean, it's beautiful. It's listen to what the chief said. We and Christians of this river, he's referring to the Delaware River. We and Christians of this river have always had a free roadway to one another. And though sometimes a tree has fallen across the road, yet we have removed it again and kept the path clear. 1697. That was his his last final message before he died. Chief Taminen. Matter of fact, the chief was held in such high respect that patriotic Americans in Philadelphia formed Tammany societies. Tammany societies. What's a Tammany society, you ask? Tammany societies uh, were developed as fraternities to essentially engage in, in social causes. Eventually, of course, you know, like everything else they, they touch and destroy, the, the Democrats, uh, you know, took hold of them and, and turned them into a political machine. My point is that there is a rich history here that the National Park Service is completely missing. And it's a, a rich history that uh, combines both white men and Indians working together in unity, striving together in unity, walking together hand in hand. You know, the words of the chief, this metaphor that he creates uh, we and Christians of this river have always had a free roadway to one another. You know, they could come and go. Uh, they could communicate. They could dialogue freely with one another. Sometimes, however, the chief said a tree has fallen across the road. Sometimes there's disputes. Sometimes there's arguments. Sometimes there's disagreements. Sometimes things come up and, and we might not fully agree on the solution. Yet, the chief says, we have removed it again, referring to the, to, the, to the fallen tree, and kept the path clear. So when things get, got in our way, when obstacles threatened our relationship, we just, we moved them. We kept the path clear. That's the, that's the important lesson here, is that, you know, William Penn had a relationship with the Native Americans, signed a peace treaty with them. They were they were friendly with one another. They came and went. They um, they got along, and at times that they didn't get along, they they worked through it. All right, let's. How, how about we reimagine the park in actual history, and let's not make something up here, National Park Service. Let's not, uh, we're not just going to stand by and allow you, National Park Service, to erase our history and replace it with, you know, whatever fake, false idea you've got conjured up. So, that, that was yesterday. I'm, I'm not going to dive back into that, but I think it's an important thing. I think maybe I'm going to talk about this right up until January 21st. 
because the National Park Service has opened up uh, their platform for public comment from the 8th of this month all the way to the 21st. I think we need to inundate the National Park Service and let them know how we feel. We do not want them erasing our history. You know, they feel the need to, you know, get rid of the statue, get rid of the house of William Penn, and reimagine the park. Well, we feel the need to, that they don't. They feel the need to erase our history. We feel the need that they need to uh, expand upon it with, with more actual history. More actual history. The actual history that, that shows the, the beauty of the relationship between Penn and the Native Americans. Let's show the beauty of the relationship. Now, the other day, um, I, I, I gave you this quote from Michelangelo. I'll paraphrase it. Uh, he says, you know, beauty never uh, gave out so much pain as you know, when we fail to hear and see it. That's really when, when, when the pain comes, is when we fail to hear and see and experience beauty. And there's a beauty in this relationship between Penn and the Native Americans uh, that the National Parks needs to put on display. Otherwise, the, the pain is going to be felt by us not experiencing this beauty. It's the beauty of unity. Matter of fact, that was that, that's the title of my podcast from, from the other day. I, I called it the beauty of unity. Uh, because there is a beauty when we unify, when there's unity in this country. But the left can't have that. The left cannot have unity. They cannot have the, the citizens of this country rallying and unifying around a particular cause. Well, what's the, 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 the particular cause at stake here? Well, I, I mean, the, the particular cause is really... It's many. It's a love for this country. It's a love for the actual history of this country. And it's a love to, to provide an actual education for our citizens. I mean, that's what we're lacking in many places is an actual education, providing actual history. Uh, you know, I, I was so caught up with Penn uh, yesterday. Not only did I fail to congratulate the Michigan Wolverines, but I failed to acknowledge the anniversary of common sense. Yesterday, January 9th, is the anniversary of common sense. So let's let's talk about actual history here. Common sense was published by Thomas Paine, January 9th, 1776. Yeah, um, you know, Paine... Uh, in, in this publication, really got the ball rolling. He really got the idea going that um, we needed uh, we needed to be independent. And the Declaration of Independence hadn't been signed yet in in early 1776. You know that doesn't come later till till July. I mean, at this point, there is still a large group of of of, of the, the the populace even of the leaders that wanted to just settle, you know, they wanted to still, you know, work things out with the King. Come on, come on, George. Can we just talk through this King George the third? I mean, can't we just, 
I mean, we just can we just all get, get get along? I mean, can't. But you know, George just you know he wasn't listening to any of their their complaints, their grievances, and so Thomas Paine comes along, and he writes common sense. Um, yeah, it's been said that Paine had more brains than books, more sense than education, more courage than politeness, more strength than polish but he could work magic with the pen and the paper. In common sense, he made bold arguments that Americans should demand their freedom. The birthday of a new world is at hand, he insisted. He attacked the idea that people must live under a king and urged a break from Britain. And this, you know, the people were just, you know, they, they, they were comfortable. They were comfortable living under a king. And Thomas Paine comes along and he says, uh-uh, no, wake up. The birthday of a new world is at hand. He said, oh, ye that love mankind, ye that dare oppose not only the tyranny, but the, ty but the tyrant. Stand forth, he wrote, every spot of the old world is overrun with oppression. Freedom hath been hunted round the globe. Asia and Africa have long expelled her. Europe regards her like a stranger, and England hath given her warning to depart. Oh, America, receive the fugitive, and prepare in time an asylum for mankind. Wow, those words are prophetic. I mean, they are prophetic. The rest of the world uh, doesn't want anything to do with freedom. That's what Thomas Paine is saying. But America, he says, receive this fugitive and prepare in time an asylum for mankind. Prepare a place for, for refuge. I mean, America had already, you know, become that. You know, we, we talked about, you know, William Penn at length yesterday. And, you know, when he went to, you know, Penn's Woods, Pennsylvania, that, that that's what it means. He wanted to create a place of civil and religious liberty, a place where everybody could come. And it really uh, started that way. It really became the melting pot of America. You know, people poured from all over the place of all different varieties and walks of life. And they came for one thing. They came because they knew they could have religious and civil liberties. They knew there was some, some freedom afoot. You know, because the other parts of the world, you know, they wanted nothing to do with freedom. They wanted everything to do with tyranny. Every single other place in the world was ruled by a tyrant, was ruled by a dictator, a monarch, a despot. You know, and the people had to do what the one man said. You know, at this time, England included, you know, King Charles II, he was... You know, he said you couldn't gather in, in groups of, you know, of more than, you know, four or five. You know, he didn't want an insurrection rising up amongst the people like what had happened to his father. So we shut it down. You, no, you can't get together. It's got to be a, a church-sanctioned event. Otherwise, no, I'm sorry, you can't meet. Talk about tyranny. You know, and so, you know... William Penn decided, you know, let's have something different in Pennsylvania. And people poured. They flocked. 
And this is what, you know, Thomas Paine is acknowledging here in early 1776. Uh, it's it's common sense that people want freedom. Uh, and, and again, this is, you know, this is part of our, our, our history, and it's what the left wants to uh, dispose of. It's what the left wants to get rid of. Uh, you know, and this is what we as Americans need to unite around. We need to e unite around this whole idea of freedom, freedom for all, uh, not uh, an, an equality of outcomes for all, but an equal opportunity for everyone to excel and for everyone to achieve. Uh, we, we, we need to rally around in opposition to what the left wishes to do to this country. And that's, you know, remove our history and keep us under their thumb. Uh, you know, the, the left is very adamant that a proper education be shut down. They're adamant. Uh, you know, the, the, mm, a matter of fact, I've got a story here that I hope I have time to get. You know, I'm going to take the time. I'm just going to, I'm going to pull it out of my stack. I'm going to take the time. We're going to start it in this next segment. It is a story about a classical school in, in Ohio that is under assault by um, national newspapers and national organizations. And it's under assault, you know, because it's achieving and they can't have that. They cannot have that. They've got to have us and our education dumbed down. They would have us stupid if they could make it so. All right, we will pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us. You can find us here at americaoutloud.news, Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. I know many of you Listen on the app that you can download for your Apple, your iPhone, or Alexa. And there you can listen to us live on the app. Or you can find us on iHeartRadio. Uh, or you can go to americaoutloud.news and listen live on the world-class media player. And while you are at americaoutloud.news, explore the site. It's, uh, it's, it's redesigned. It's organized beautifully. Articles, podcasts. Um, 
you know, access to to the latest news and information. It's there at AmericaOutloud.news. Uh, and uh, we're just happy to have you on board. We are grateful to have, you know, such a, a large, wide, massive audience of, of Americans and really throughout the world. It's an audience of people who desire truth. Uh, you know, the, the, the old media is dead. You know, Tucker has been saying this repeatedly as of late. They're dead. It's over. And the reason they're dead is because they've lost their credibility. I mean, they handed their credibility over with with continual, continual lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. And eventually, eventually the people wake up and the people see the truth. And America Out Loud is a uh, an active participant in the rise of the new media. And I'm happy to be a part of it. And we are happy to have you on board. And, um, you know, truth is 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 what we're talking about today. Um, we're, we're, we're talking about keeping the truth of our history intact. I mean, that wasn't my intention to get into, to, you know, to, to redo yesterday's show. I mean, I encourage you to go find it on, on, on the podcast. Um, you know, it's, it's an excellent uh, history class uh, about William Penn. Um, and you know, essentially, what the government wants to do in in erasing our history, uh, there are are people in charge, people at the top that would have us to be dumb. They would have us to be ignorant. They would have us to not see and hear the beauty of our history and the beauty of the things that could potentially unify us. Because if we're unified, then uh, the people in charge, the, those that are involved in a, a complete Marxist takeover of the uh, internal recesses of our of our leadership, th- these people uh, that their 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 plans, their desires, their dreams of of revamping this country are going to be dashed against the stones if we are unified. So uh, at the end of that last segment. I was talking about uh, common sense, you know, the anniversary, January 9th. Um, You know, Thomas Paine, you know, finishes common sense. And I encourage you to read it. You can go on the internet. You can find it. You can download it for free. It's in public domain. Gutenberg.org, by the way, is a fantastic place to go to, um, uh, to, you know, find some of these um, these writings, these these old writings that that you can access. Gutenberg, spelled just like it sounds, G U T E N B E R G. Gutenberg dot org. Uh, and I encourage you download it, read it. You know, just take your time. Take your time. Listen to the opening. The, the, the first sentence it just will just punch you in the mouth. Thomas Paine says, perhaps the sentiments contained in the following pages are not yet sufficiently fashionable to procure them general favor. All right. He starts out acknowledging, look, what I'm about to say to you, you know, is not going to, to garnish the love of public opinion. Perhaps, he says. 
perhaps the sentiments that I'm about to share with you are not yet sufficiently fashionable to go after general favor, semicolon. And then he just drop kicks us in the teeth with a piece of truth that is just, holy cow. Here's what he says. A long habit of not thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right and raises at first a formidable outcry in defense of custom. But the tumult soon subsides. Time makes more converts than reason. And this is where we're at. We're in a long habit of not thinking a thing wrong. And therefore, it gives that thing a superficial appearance of being right. Uh, and, and we have to overcome this. We have to overcome this. For too long, we have thought, um, yeah, you know, I mean, that white colonial man, he's horrible. He's evil. Um, you know, William Penn, well, we, we need to take down that statue because while well, he was he was white, he was a man, and he, he was a colonial. I mean, he arrived on a ship called Welcome. How horrible is that? He signed a 70-year peace treaty with an Indian chief. That's horrible. And the Indian chief, in his last message, you, you know, talked about the unity that the Indians had with the Christian. That's horrible. Uh, for too long, we've had this habit of not thinking a thing wrong. And it and uh, and and we've given it a super a superficial appearance of being right. Uh, there are some things that are very much wrong uh, with the top, and you know we have to change the way that we think about it. We have to open up our eyes and pay attention to what's happening in education in this country. And I have said this, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. Education touches every single aspect of every single thing. And we cover a lot of it here. I mean, we get into politics, we get into, uh, you know, matters of, of business and, you know, the arts and the sciences and, and the medicine and, and all of it, because education touches all of it. Now, uh, you know, we, we have this we have this growing issue and it's been growing for decades and in my mind i see it reaching a boiling point and the issue is there are some schools cropping up and they're really good schools and they're doing an excellent job of educating kids across the uh the spectrum of geography, demographics, age, gender, race, socioeconomic status, it doesn't matter. There are schools out there that are beginning to do a fantastic job at this. And there are people at the top that are noticing and they're like, yeah, I mean, this we, we, we can't have this. I mean, we, we, we certainly can't have this happening. And, you know, one of these instances is being is in spotlight front and center here the last couple of days. There's a school in Ohio called Cincinnati Classical Academy. It's a charter school. It's one of Hillsdale College's K-12 charter schools. Classical school. 
Cincinnati, Ohio. And the Washington Post and the Cincinnati Inquirer have come out lambasting Cincinnati Classical Academy. Now, why might the Washington Post and the Cincinnati Inquirer come out and blast uh, Cincinnati Classical Academy, you might ask? Well, there's an organization called the Network for Public Education. And the Network for Public Education does not like what's happening at Cincinnati Classical Academy. Oh, why, for the love of Pete, would the Network of Public Education not like what's happening at a charter school, which is essentially a public school, mind you? Oh, but this 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 charter school is different. Well, this is a this is a classical charter school, and it, you know the the national the network for public education cannot have a a, a classical charter school um, excelling because once the charter schools begin to excel, the curtain starts coming back, the curtain rolls back, we we, we start seeing who's behind the curtain, who's running the show in, in public education. And it's this tiny little man talking in a, in a microphone, depending or de, uh, pretending to be the the great and all powerful, the great and all powerful Oz. No, the curtain's coming back. Uh, so these two articles, uh, they 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 particularly focus on a, on a on a grant that Cincinnati Classical Academy received from the Federal Charter Schools Program. Uh, this grant that Cincinnati Classical received was like two million dollars. I mean, it's it's a chunk, uh, and it's a grant that was awarded by the U.S. Department of Education. It was awarded to fourteen charter schools across the country. Um, I'm sorry, it was it was open to fourteen charter schools across the the, the country. Uh, classical Cincinnati Classical applied for the grant. And they did so on the the full strength of their incredible success, and they should be proud of that. Uh, but the network for public education is not proud of that. Uh -uh. Not only are they not proud of that, but they're they're at, they're actually upset because this is one of Hillsdale schools. This is a Hillsdale charter school, uh, and this grant really ends up being in the amount of just under $2 million, and it's spread over the next four academic years. So uh, what's, the, what's the point here? Well, the point is that this group, this national public, or the Network for Public Education, you know, they're upset about this grant and they start leveling accusations against Cincinnati Classical. Uh, they, uh, first of all, uh, they grossly oversimplify the purpose of the grant and they say it's designed to only, as only serving to expand opportunities for children with disabilities, uh, English language learners or minorities and the economically dis disadvantaged. And then they accuse Cincinnati Classical of not servicing these kids. Uh, you know, Cincinnati Classical comes back and they say, well, actually the grant says that it's to expand opportunities for all students, particularly for children with disabilities. 
English learners and other traditionally underserved students. And the point is, is that all students, but particularly these underserved, should have the the availability to attend charter schools and meet challenging state academic standards. All right, so so it's a charter school, it's a public school. And, um, you know, which I just shake my head. Why is the Network for Public Education upset about this? Uh, they they state that uh, classical or Cincinnati classical uh, misspoke in their grant application that they didn't you know clarify their mission. However, the grant application clearly states the mission of Cincinnati classical is to develop the minds and nourish the hearts of students through a content rich curriculum in the classical liberal arts and sciences with instruction in moral character and civic virtue. Bum, bum, bum. There it is. There it is. Of all the charter schools that could have received this grant, the Network for Public Education is upset that a Hillsdale classical charter school received the grant because this is a school that offers instruction in moral character and civic virtue. That is the bottom line, my friends. And so they, they've, they've come after... Uh, Cincinnati Classical via the form of the Cincinnati Inquirer and the Washington Post. Their letter uh, questions the location of the school. All right, it's in reading. And, um, you, you know, they say, well, that's that doesn't serve an, an, an underserved population. Uh, local demographics. You know, it's not, you know, you're reading, it's 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 not the population that, that the grant calls for. And also they they lack a, a plan to address traditionally undeserved students. When in fact, uh Cincinnati classical operates within a very challenged urban area of, of Hamilton County. Uh, Cincinnati Classical draws from 52 different zip codes. Uh, and uh, this school year, it's expanding into 60 different zip codes. It draws from 35 different districts and six counties. Um, it, you know, so it's it, it, it definitely draws from a population of the underserved. The... Um, the national or the network for public education letter also uh, faults Cincinnati Classical for deceptively not disclosing school demographics. Um, however, the grant doesn't even ask for school demographics. So, you know, if you're applying for a grant, don't you ask the question, answer the questions that are asked? Um, but the uh, the, the the national public or the network for public uh, education experts, uh, they don't understand this. Um, I mean, shouldn't they understand that as a public school in the state of Ohio, uh, all residents of Ohio are el eligible to uh, enter the admission lottery system? Therefore, for Cincinnati Classical, well, of course they understand it. But they have to come out and accuse the the charter school of being deceptive. 
they're deceptive in their practices. Why they shouldn't receive this grant because they're deceptive. When in fact, their assaults here are extremely deceptive. And, you know, we talk about this. The liberals accuse of what they themselves do. So Cincinnati Classical says, for the record, 16% of our students qualify as economically disadvantaged. 10% are students with disabilities. And they are performing well above the state performance averages. Boom, there it is. Cincinnati Classical says, we have proven that these students can close the achievement gap with our help. With a content-rich curriculum, great teachers, and a holistic classical education. I've told you from time to time to time to time, money is not the solution to the problems in education. What is the solution is what Cincinnati Classical is providing. Content-rich curriculum, great teachers, and a holistic classical education. That, my friends, is the, the solution. All right, I'm up against the break here. We're going to pick this up on the other side. More to come. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud News was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients. Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with Pure Plant Protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD, Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. 
Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. So here we are. We have a classical charter school who applied for a grant from the Department of Education, and the grant was geared towards charter schools uh, for the purpose of giving uh, more students access to, to charter schools. So uh, why then is the Network for Public Education upset that Cincinnati Classical has received this grant? I mean, it doesn't make sense. They're they're a public school. They're they're a public charter school. They um, applied for a grant designated to public charter schools. They received the grant, uh, you know, based on their merits. But the network for public education is upset about this, and so they're lobbying some some baseless accusations here at Cincinnati classical uh you know they they say that uh they question the location of the school in reading uh, and that uh you know reading doesn't match the demographics that cincinnati classical is providing you know but they fail to realize that as a charter school they reach to several demographic uh, geographic locations uh, and then they say that uh, Cincinnati Classical, Classical is deceptive about that. Um, that that they're deceptive about the uh, the students that that they service. And Cincinnati Classical comes out and says, for the record, over sixteen percent of our students qualify as economically disadvantaged. Ten percent uh, qualify as students with disabilities. And then, you know, Cincinnati Classical says really that the crux of this matter is we have proven that these students can close the achievement gap with our help, with a content-rich curriculum, great teachers, and a holistic classical education. And and that's where we finished the last segment. And that's what I've I've been telling you for, for weeks and months, that, that money is not the answer. You know, we talked about this school in Akron or, or Cleveland or, or wherever the uh, LeBron James school is. I, I don't remember. I think it's Akron. Uh, and, you know, the LeBron James has thrown millions of dollars at this school, at this I Promise school. You know, it's in conjunction with the public school district there. And not a single student past the I don't have the article in front of me but you know we, we we talked about it in detail if my memory serves not a single student passed the math test the year-end math test all right that's an issue you, you know what's the difference between the I promise school and Cincinnati classical is it the the quality of student I mean, I doubt it. Uh, is it the amount of money 
you know, being thrown at it? I, I doubt it. No, it's the, in my opinion, it would be the content-rich curriculum. It would be the holistic classical education. And, and the individuals that know how to provide it, they know how to deliver this content-rich curriculum via the holistic classical education. Uh, you know, and then the, the the Washington Post, you know, they they pile on. They're they're taking their cue from the Network for Public Education, and they are accusing Cincinnati Classical of not mentioning free lunch on the school's website. How dare they not mention free lunch on their website? Um, you know, but but the truth of the matter is that all students from Cincinnati Classical who meet federal standards receive free or reduced lunch benefits. Uh, you know, that's what Cincinnati Classical says. Uh, they provide financial assistance for qualifying families in the purchase of school uniforms and supplies, which is a benefit that extends well beyond the aid that we are accused of hiding, they say. The net or the uh, the I don't know why I keep calling them national the network for public education in their letter they also take issue with the fact that Cincinnati Classical included demographic information for Cincinnati public schools when they in fact are not in the Cincinnati public school district how dare they include demographic information I wonder if this is part of their their accusation that Cincinnati Classical is being deceptive. Uh, you know, so Cincinnati replies and they say, oh, I mean, OK, but you, you fail to appreciate that our campus is located less than a mile from Cincinnati Public Schools. Less than a mile. Which is a two star achievement district. And to the south, it, about a mile and a half is the Lachland School District, which is a one star school district, a one star achievement. And then uh, further to the north, it shares a border with Princeton City Schools, uh, which until recently was considered a challenge district. It's now a three-star achievement school district. However, you know, even on top of all that, Cincinnati Classical advertises widely in these areas. They use billboards. Uh, they hold informational meetings at the public libraries, libraries. Uh, you know, so they, they, they say in their reply, we do provide an option for a quality education to these historically disadvantaged communities in accordance with our stated goal. You know, so the Washington Post and the Cincinnati Inquirer received their marching orders from the Network for Public Education to attack this charter school, which is a public school. But it's getting the job done. That's the problem. It's getting the job done. Uh, finally, this is the uh, Cincinnati's rebuttal. They say, finally, the, uh, the Network for Public Education's charge that our test scores were inflated. Well, we didn't even get to that. Uh, so the... The, the, the Network for Public Education says that Cincinnati Classical inflated their test scores on the grant application in order to boost their academic prowess. 
These test scores are not real. They're not accurate. They're inflated. They're inflated to make us public schools look dumb and stupid. How dare they inflate their test scores? Uh, Cincinnati says that's that's false, categorically false. We accurately reported the preliminary data provided by the Ohio Department of Education that was available at the time of submission in July. The final official scores now posted on the Ohio Department of Education's website and published in Cincinnati Classical's annual report show that the numbers presented in the grant application actually underestimate the degree to which the school outperformed state averages. So, um, you know, so the accusation is that the test scores were inflated and Cincinnati Classical is actually saying, you know, uh, we deflated them. We, they're actually deflated. They're actually better than, than what we reported. Uh, five of nine scores reported, they say for five of the nine scores reported, the gap between the school's proficiency and the state average proficiency was even greater than reported in the application. Um, so, you know, take that. Uh, the, the, the Washington Post, and this is the thing that gets me. This is it. This 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 is the crux. Now, I guess you know part of the part of the crux is that the accusation is Cincinnati Classical inflated their scores when in fact their scores are are deflated. I mean, in terms of the gap between Cincinnati Classical's proficiency and the average proficiency in the state. Uh, and they give an example here. The actual third grade reading proficiency uh, was 92 and a half, and Cincinnati Classical reported 94. And the state was 62.3, and Cincinnati Classical reported them at 78. So the gap is even larger. All right, it's you know it's like a thirty percent gap, and you know Cincinnati Classical said yeah, it's probably closer to uh, I don't know an an eighteen percent gap. You know, so the gap is is almost double. All right, so that I mean that in and of itself is um, mind boggling. But here's what what really gets me: the Washington Post. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Here's what they note. This isn't this is a complaint, mind you. What I'm about to read you is a complaint that the Washington Post has against Cincinnati Classical School. Quote, the headmaster speaks of morals, virtue, and old-fashioned methods. Oh, this is really what they're upset about. And this is it right here, my friends. Yeah, they're upset about the test scores, but this right here. The virtue, the morals, the old-fashioned methods, uh, this is what they're really upset about. Because it, is it that maybe the, the morals and the virtue and the old-fashioned methods aid the high test scores? Do you think there's a correlation here? Is it possible, my friends? Could we possibly come to the conclusion that there's a correlation? Hmm. They say this, 
and this is this is what you know Cincinnati Classical says in their response that the Washington Post complains about these things as though this is anathema to public education, you know, as though this should not be allowed. You know, how dare we allow morals and virtue and old-fashioned methods in public education? Families do send their children to this school because of the time-tested methods. Because of the time-tested methods that this classical charter school uses. That's why families send their kids there. That's why they believe that their kids will do better in this classical charter school rather than being in just a normal Cincinnati public school. The classical charter school uh, includes explicit phonics, sentence diagramming, classic children's literature, Latin, Socratic dialogue. These are the things that a classical school provides. Oh, what sentence diagramming, you ask? Yeah. I mean, schools used to diagram sentences. I mean, it's what we do here. We diagram sentences. Uh, we, you know, we we engage in 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 classic children's literature, and our kids love it. And we teach reading via phonics, the actual pronunciation of the letter sounds themselves. I mean, it's it's the way it used to be done, and it's the way we still do it in the classical schools. Cincinnati Classical, in their reply, they say these were considered by the founding fathers as prerequisites for a self-governing republic and are particularly appropriate for a public school funded by tax dollars to educate future citizens and civic leaders. Yes, it is appropriate. It is appropriate to speak of morals and virtue in, in your public school classrooms and in your public school hallways. It is appropriate. It is appropriate to use old-fashioned, time-tested methods of pedagogy in your public schools. It's very appropriate. And this is what our schools need to go back to. Uh, this right here. I'm looking at another article that I want to get a couple paragraphs from regarding this same story. Uh, this reply was from one of the board members of Cincinnati Classical. Uh, and this board member says, yes, results don't lie. Cincinnati Classical has achieved what anti-charter activists fear the most, success. Instead of learning from the school's success, however, the education establishment kicks into gear to defend its political power and crumbling monopoly on public education. They're redoubling their efforts to defend their professional adult interests instead of advocating for families and students. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, instead of instead of these, you know, public schools in the area, these leaders at public schools, teachers, you know, administrators looking to this classical charter school and saying, hey, what are you doing that's working? Um, what, what can we learn from this success you're having? Your test scores are amazing. Um, you know, come and show us what you're doing. No, instead of doing that, um, you know, they just attack. And they attack and they attack and they attack. And the only reason they attack is because of one word, and that is success. This school is is, is experiencing success, and therefore we have to attack it. 
We can't have success in education. Uh Uh-uh. We can't have our citizens being unified around success. We can't have them being unified around morals and around values and around virtue. No, we we can't have them uh, unifying around historic truth of the relationship between William Penn and the Indian chief and how they signed a treaty under an elm tree that lasted for 70 years. No, we, 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 uh uh-uh. We can't do that. This board member finishes her post, or maybe his post, sorry, by stating, when threatened, entrenched interest groups react in predictable ways. They deflect attention from the problems they've created and then project their own deficiencies onto others. They deploy emotional, fact-free arguments against those who challenge their power and institutions. And this case is no different. This this person uh, said it amazing. Uh, They accuse us of a crime that perhaps they have committed failure to serve disadvantaged students. And I would take that one step further. Failure failure to serve students, period. Doesn't matter if you're advantaged or disadvantaged, white or black, brown, male, female, younger, older, it doesn't matter. Mm -mm. They have failed to educate our kids. They, I mean, by their metrics, no, they're not failing. They're succeeding because it's, it's what they have set out to do. By our metrics, they are failing. Because we want a citizenry that's educated. We want a citizenry that understands the origins of their country so their steps can be secure. So they can walk confidently with the understanding that whatever they set their mind and heart to do, they can go after it. They have the opportunity to go after it. They have the potential to succeed. That's the education we want to deliver. And that's the education that we're going to keep delivering, at least on this show. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.